We are within 24 hours of Jesse McCulloch. Yes, the four-star power forward from Ohio making his basketball decision will be our Spartans. And after that, I'm going to make your take. That's right. You guys came with the takes, and I just blindly have to defend them. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked On Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked On Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Have any questions, have any comments, you just have a really good bet uh, maybe for this weekend, Zurich Classic down in New Orleans. Hey, LockdownSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. We are within 24 hours of maybe, hopefully, potentially landing Michigan State basketball's second recruit for the 2024 cycle. This will be just a few weeks after they landed four-star shooting guard Kurt Tang out of the East Coast. Yes, because Jesse McCulloch on Thursday, sometime between... 4 and 4.30 Eastern time is the rumored time. He will be selecting his future school, and it is between, well, you guessed it, that's right, our Michigan State Spartans, Virginia Tech, Alabama, and Xavier as well. At the time of recording, I don't want to jinx anything here. Let me knock on wood. Um, There is some optimism that things are trending towards Michigan State, and honestly, they have been trending positive towards Michigan State for quite some time here. Uh, on Rivals, all right, there's two future casts. That's right, those are the predictions from the experts over at Rivals for Jesse McCulloch to pick Michigan State. If you like 24-7 sports as well, well, they have five crystal balls all predicting Mr. McCulloch to pick Michigan State on Thursday. So that's 7-for-7, seven seven. Um, and we're talking about a Kid that's ranked in the top 100 in the country, six foot eight, power forward out of Cleveland, has a really good um, front game. You know, he's not really a, a back to the rim sort of big man. He uh, got he has a nice uh, floater game. He's got a nice jump shot, some nice touch. Plays with a pretty high motor too, from what I've seen on all his highlight tapes. And talented enough kid to lead Lutheran East out of Ohio to a 2023 state championship this year. And of course, looking to go back-to-back this year um, as he is not even a senior yet. So that's going to be a big one here. Again, could be the second kid for the 2024 cycle. Uh, would be pretty exciting. And hey, you know what? Whether he commits or not, we're going to talk about it tomorrow with Carter Elliott of Spartans Illustrated. He's a friend of the program. Of course, one of the great basketball minds out there in the Spartan landscape. So already excited to talk about what Jesse does or doesn't do um, tomorrow. But right now... Again, I'll knock on wood. It's trending that it will be doing some nice things for Michigan State here, uh, should he pick our Spartans. All right, let's get into this segment here. Now, we haven't done this in a little bit, but you know what? It's the offseason, so tis the season. Four segments uh, that we just kind of throw on the wall and see if they stick, and I think it went pretty well last time. We call this Make Your Take. That's right, on Twitter, early on Wednesday, I tweeted out, hey, we're going to try this again, make your take. Give me literally any take you have about Michigan State. I don't care if it's football, basketball, campus life, whatever it is, give it to me and I'm going to blindly defend it. Uh, Now, this was taken a few ways. Uh, You know, people giving me really hot takes that make uh, close to absolutely no sense that I just have to get creative and defend or 
They're just takes that these people strongly believe, and they just want someone else in their camp to be preaching to the choir as well. So a good mix here um, of some crazy takes and some pretty uh, not-so-crazy takes, but let's get into it right now. Let's start it off by going into September in Week 3 when our Spartans host the Washington Huskies because MSU Goblin starts off with just a quick take that he wants me to defend. MSU upsets Washington in Week 3. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, uh, there's a lot of sports books out there that have Michigan State already as an underdog. I've seen it anywhere from a four-point underdog to a full seven-point touchdown underdog at home against a Washington team that's probably going to be ranked in the top 15, if not maybe even top 10 in a few polls. They are going to be a strong team this year, so why? Just why are our Spartans going to upset these Huskies in Week 3? Well, here you go. Uh, what sticks out to me about the Washington Huskies side of things, yes, they do return a lot of talent. They return a good crop of receivers. Michael Penix is back for his ninth year of college eligibility somehow. They do have a good defensive front, but however... This sticks out to me right now as well. Yes, Washington is returning both their tackles, but inside their offensive line, the three interior linemen, they're, they're replacing starters across the board there. So it's going to be three new offensive line starters. If uh, you've listened to the show, you know how much I believe in offensive line play in football. That is where you make your money, and hey, that could be a little bit of a vulnerability for the Washington Huskies. Now, Michigan State on the flip side, not replacing a lot of guys. I mean, they're really only replacing Jarrett Horst. Uh, also, you know, Matt Allen on the inside too, but that became interchangeable at the end of last year. So, yeah, I think Michigan State will have the trench advantage, perhaps, uh, especially defensive line against their offensive line, maybe make life a little more uncomfortable for Michael Penix. But also, that's right, this is going to be a horse we will continue to beat into the ground coming up here the rest of the summer. And uh, I'm telling this to myself because I think there's some truth base into it, but also I, I like blind faith as much as the next person here. This will be the third, I'm sorry, excuse me, this will be the fourth year. This will be the fourth year for this coaching staff, namely the defensive staff, namely Scotty Hazleton, a guy whose name has been thrown around throughout the season whenever the secondary absolutely collapses. But however, things weren't always smooth sailing for Pat Narduzzi back in the day. That's right, the storied former Michigan State defensive coordinator, as you guys all know. It took really until the fourth year for his system to really kick into high gear at Michigan State. And, well, it's the fourth year for this team in Pat Narduzzi and Mark D'Antonio's fourth year. All right, third home game of the season. Started a nice little 2-0 stretch, and they really had a chance to make a statement at home in Week 3 against Notre Dame. Of course, that is the little Giants game. No question that we all remember that one. So could it be another instance where a Week 3 game rolls around at home, national spotlight. I assume this will be a night game, if not late afternoon. But there will be a lot of eyeballs on this game. And could this be the moment where Scotty Hazleton really reaches out to Spartan Nation and says, Hey guys, I just needed some time to implement my system, especially with these young players. So here you have it. That's your win right there. So a little bit of who Washington does have to replace. Because again, they are a talented team. But in week three, we're placing three new starters on the offensive line combined with, hey, you know what? It's going to be a home game for Michigan State. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to implement a complex defensive system here. 
that that's your recipes there so hopefully i did enough to back up your take there msu goblin uh next up we're going to switch to the hardwood here hunter says anything less than a banner in basketball next season would be a disappointment yeah, that's going to be an easy one for me to defend right there. Um, I've been long saying, I will continue to say it, you will hear this no less than 70 more times before next season starts, but one of two things has to happen for me to deem next season a success. It's either you got to get the Final Four banner, all right, I, I want to see that nice little Houston logo, or Houston logo, how about a Phoenix logo for next year's Final Four up in the rafters at Breslin Center, or at the very least, the Big Ten regular season title. Now, that could be fairly... Okay, I don't want to say easy because the Big Ten season is never easy, but the odds will definitely be way in your favor if the recent news of Zach Eady going to the NBA actually sticks. Now, of course, he did maintain his college eligibility. I would bet a hefty, hefty sum of money that he does come back to college, so that'll make it a two-horse race for the Big Ten title between Michigan State, Purdue, and maybe Wisconsin has to say something about that, or maybe even Michigan should Hunter Dickinson come back, but... Regardless, Michigan State will be in the driver's seat for the Big Ten. So, yeah, they're going to have to win at least one banner. The Big Ten tournament, I'm sorry, that really doesn't do anything for me, so I'm not even going to count that one. But, yeah, they have the horses to do it. It's the perfect blend of veteran leadership. As we've talked about after Malik Hall came back, you're going to have three guys next year in Tyson Walker, Malik Hall, and A.J. Hogard that are over 23 years old and also... Well, yeah, it goes without saying, but a pretty talented crop of freshmen coming in as well. And then all the players in between that, like Jackson Kohler coming back, Carson Cooper coming back, Monty Sissoko, Jaden Aiken. So, yeah, it's going to be the, the perfect recipe for what you want to see in a college basketball team next year. And with the Hall of Fame coach leading the way, that, that's going to have to end in a banner. So, uh, sorry those are high expectations, but you guys made them, Tom. So, thank you for all that you've done here and will continue to do at Michigan State. All right, we're going to be back with a lot more of your takes. But first, something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. That's right, we're talking Built Bar and we are talking teasers coming on April 22nd. Now, I do not have all the details yet, but the excitement is real and it's something that you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quality. They just did one not too long ago, the cookies and cream puff. I don't want to over-exaggerate here, but quite literally life-changing. Um, the absolutely positively slaps. So can't wait to see what it's going to be on April 22nd. So mark your calendars. Head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I cannot wait to see what the new flavor is. Make sure you use promo code LOCKED15. That's right, LOCKED. On 15, locked on 15, all one word, and you'll get 15% off your order. One more time, locked on 15 at built.com for 15% off your order of built bars. Let's get back into the mix here of your great takes. Again, everyone reach out, locked on Spartans at gmail.com is the place to find us, and we are going to go over to Greek Omelet. That's right, a great Twitter name. Uh, Tucker should handle the quarterback situation the same way Harbaugh did last year. Each of the top two start versus a cupcake. The better performer wins the job and starts versus Washington. I hate to say it, uh, and uh, this is also the prompt that I gave myself here that I have to agree with all these takes, but I kind of... Kind of like that play out of Jimmy's playbook there over in Ann Arbor. Uh, whether it was Fugazi, whether it was kind of a fake quarterback competition and they knew they were going to go with J.J. the entire way, we'll never know. Who will ever know? But that's maybe kind of what it seemed like. Uh, vanity, like, yeah, we're going to give them both a shot here, but 
let's all be adults about this. We're going to put in the guy with the higher ceiling than Cade McNamara. Maybe that is what you do here to start the season uh, because I can very well see this quarterback competition maybe even bleeding into the season. Now, it is a little easier to maybe not do that since Peyton Thorne does have 30 starts under his belt, and it will be just very easy to say, yeah, it's been the starter for the last two years. Of course he's going to start year three. He did enough in fall camp, but I digress. I wouldn't hate to see uh, this quarterback competition maybe take the way of the Jim Harbaugh route from last year, just like Greek Omelet is saying. Give Peyton Thorne that week one start against Western Michigan and then against the Richmond Spiders. See what Noah Kim can do or Caden Hauser can do. And if it's anything adequate, anything that we haven't seen from Peyton Thorne, yeah, maybe you do let that go into the Washington game. And, hey, Kim, that's your first start if you're really about that life. Or Caden Hauser, if you're really uh, all worth the hype. Yeah, this is, uh, this is your time to do it against a, a top 10 team in the country at home. So it will be a very hard test. Uh, unlike Michigan last year where they had like three high school teams and then funneled into a pretty easy uh, conference schedule. If I remember correctly, I might be misremembering, but um, you don't have that benefit because that is a pretty tough challenge early on. So, But yeah, that might just be the way that you have to go about this because with how close bunch these quarterbacks are, I mean, you might just have to see it in real game action. Justin writes in, Keith Nickel should have won the job over Kirk Cousins. Now, this is the uh, the version of giving me a take that is very hard to defend uh, for two reasons. One, I, safe to say Kirk Cousins is pretty good here at Michigan State. And number two, selfishly speaking, favorite Spartan of all time. Love Kirk Cousins. So for me to just knock him off the podium here, yeah, let's go with it, Justin, my man. All right. Uh, Keith Nickel, if you've ever seen one of the pictures of him from the 2011 season, that man had arms that was the size of uh, elephant legs. Uh, that, that man was jacked beyond belief. So throwing the ball to BJ Cunningham or Keyshawn Martin, uh, look, Kirk Cousins did an adequate job. All right. Good enough to um, have a double-digit win season. Keith Nickel, I think, could have thrown that ball 80 yards downfield and hit B.J. Cunningham or Keyshawn Martin in stride. So that's what I'm going to go with, just pure optics. He was a highly rated quarterback prospect out of high school, as many of us remember, went to Oklahoma, transferred back to Michigan State after Sam Bradford beat him out for that job. But, yeah, I mean, Keith Nickel is one to throw the ball, first of all. He did it in high school at a very, very incredible rate. But also, yeah, a lot of power in those arms. So, uh, yeah, that could have lifted Michigan State's ceiling even higher, if you will. That's right. Um, so that, that's that's the best I could do for that one. I don't know. I, I hope that was adequate, Justin. Next up, I don't even know how to um, pronounce this one. All loud he coming is just the one I'm going <laughs> to nail that one. Is what we're going to call it here. East Lansing is a great place to raise kids because of MSU. I grew up a 10-minute walk away from Spartan Stadium. My kids are a five-minute bike ride from Hubbard. It's a nice, dynamic mix of culture, people, activities, and good schools. Yeah, I would have to absolutely agree with that, and that must be awesome, especially being so close. With a lot of, like, reasonably priced events to get to, you know, if you're looking to get out of the house, kill some time, watch, like, a baseball game or a softball game, go over to DeMartin, watch a soccer game, like, that's got to be awesome to raise a family around and just be so close to. Such an awesome, you know, little college town here that also has a little bit of family friendliness to it as well. Uh, Zeke's fan page. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Wow. Zeke the Wonder Dog should be head of the board of trustees. Just look at everything else that's happened on the board <laughs> recently. I, 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 
I don't think it's that crazy to argue that a dog should maybe uh, give it a spin here in a little bit because, oh my goodness gracious, has it been a calamity uh, in the last few years there. Um, so that we're just going to leave it at that. Uh, Cedar Village Bagel says, from central location to calf to setup to having few freshmen, Shaw Hall is the number one overall dorm. Others may do one of those better, but it is clearly the best place to live on campus. Let's go for it. It is centrally located. You are right across the street from the CAD station. The CAF is fine. You know, that's like the basement of MSU CAVs is that it's going to be fine. I really enjoyed my MSU cafeteria experience when I graduated there 49 years ago. But yeah, it is centrally located on campus. You can get everywhere at maximum a 10 to 15 minute walk. And yeah, it's just a fantastic place to be. So Shaw, yeah, let's let's throw a bone to Shaw right here. And then also McAllister Wells gives me the easiest take of all time to defend. Spartan Stadium should sell alcohol. Now there was a little report today that dropped that uh, there might be a bill that is going to be going across, I, I don't know if it's the governor's desk or anyone else politically important that they get to sign that Colleges can start selling alcohol at games. Regardless, uh, we might be getting closer to the five-yard line of this. But, yes, I think uh, Spartan Stadium should be selling alcohol. And I'll say it again. You've heard me get on this soapbox plenty of times, but I'll do it one more time. Not looking to get absolutely waffled at these games. You know, I'm just trying to have an overpriced beer, like a $13 Coors Light that is served to me at 60 degrees Fahrenheit um, just to stave off the third quarter hangover that you get from tailgating, you know, like th these can be long games, especially if the season goes like it did last year. Just give me the chance to get ripped off on beer prices just so I can feel like a normal human until I leave the stadium. That's right. I, I want that nagging headache to be in the back seat of a car instead of, well, in my seat in Spartan stadium. So yes, please just sell alcohol. Come on. We're all adults here. Well, most of us are. Steve writes in, Trayvon Pendleton was a top five D'Antonio era player. Let's get into it. There are plenty of great players for Mark D'Antonio. But yeah, Trayvon Pendleton, just because he was just Captain Clutch. I mean, all that this guy did whenever he got the ball in his hands, magic would happen. Uh, I think it was his first touchdown, if not maybe his second touchdown ever. Yeah, you know what? It was his second touchdown ever in the Rose Bowl. You know, just a little two-yard touchdown in the Rose Bowl. Uh, also, he had one touchdown in 2015, the Ohio State game in the shoe. A beautiful, beautiful acrobatic back shoulder catch from him. Uh, that definitely mattered, that game. And that should have been another touchdown his senior year, that 74-yard and 11-inch yeah, run. Uh, at Michigan in the Jalen Watts-Jackson game that set up an eventual L.J. Scott touchdown. He had key blocks in the 2015 Big Ten Championship. So, yes, I know his stats aren't up there, or, uh, you know, he might not be in every single highlight package, but when he did have the ball in his hands, a highlight was going to come. And you can't measure clutchness any higher than you can for Trayvon Pendleton. So that's my argument for top five D'Antonio player of all time. Police Chief of Flavortown. It's a great name. As much as our fans hate to admit it, we are a basketball school. 85% of alumni would be happier with Izzo winning his second than football winning it all. Sure, let's, yeah, you know what? We're, we're going to go with that because, once again, this, this is the whole point of this segment here. Um, 85% of alumni would be happier with Izzo winning his second than football winning it all. Just because, really, and maybe not just because, but a big part of it is just because of what Izzo has meant to this school uh, the last 
two plus decades, right? Uh, whether it's on the court, whether it's everything off the court, this man is Michigan State, and Michigan State is this man. So to see, so to speak, um, the mascot of this school, the, the the man that will forever be emblazoned in Michigan State lore, to win his second title and be in that pantheon of great coaches that have won multiple national titles, yeah, I do think that the bulk of Michigan State fans would want to see that maybe not 85 percent but it's definitely going to be a little higher than that and also like i'm on that side too because basketball's brought me more happiness than football in my lifetime so yes uh at this moment i change this every time like next week i'll say you know football instead but at this at this moment with basketball going as well as it is with tom Izzo doing as strong as he has been doing whether it's on the court or in the recruiting trail showing no signs of slowing down yeah, let's get him that second natty. Uh, MSU everything. Noah Kim appears as QB1 at least once this season. I I actually firmly do believe that. I do. Should he stay? You know, if he loses this quarterback competition and decides, hey, I'm going to transfer, see you later, um, which I don't suspect, suspect will happen, um, I could absolutely see that happening. It's going to be another tough schedule for Michigan State again. They've done themselves no favors with this Washington game. That's going to be a very difficult game. Like we said, they are home underdogs. And then you got to go to Iowa. Um, early on, there's going to be some challenging games here. And if Michigan State starts off the blocks 3-2, and 3-3, and for example, um, if things get really squirrely and they drop a game they shouldn't early in the season, then... Yeah, like if you're two and two, maybe after the Maryland game, you're going two and two with four home games. I could absolutely see the coaching staff being like, "Well, yeah, we gave Thorne the the shot here for four weeks. We're 500 already. It's time to get new blood in here and see what anyone else can do." And Noah Kim, you're our guy. So, I that is a very very realistic possibility uh, that Noah Kim does get a start here, and it could be by early October if things go really haywire. Off the bat, kind of like they did last year. All right, uh, Maddie, Maddie May, that's right, my guy. He writes, Spartan Stadium and Breslin both need a retractable dome. And not for the reasons, uh, you know what, that you think that we should name them. Uh, this is why they should have a retractable roof over Spartan Stadium. Not for, not for the cold weather games. You actually open up the roof there because this is Big Ten country. And if it's 20 degrees and snowing sideways, you keep that going this is the bit of the big 10 especially like let's say once usc and ucla start getting here no 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 no, no. those boys are, are leaving their palm trees to come up here yeah we're leaving the dome open in november close it close it for the september games the ones that get really hot the ones that are like almost 90 degrees and the sun is just beating down on not just the players but us fans as well close it up for that and also for basketball this could play right into tom izzo's hands and maybe even for the next few years because what does Tom Izzo love more than anything is adversity that he can coach his team through. No shortage of that the last few years, but now that they have a good team, they might need to start knocking themselves down a few pegs. So let's say MSU gets on a nice little four-game win streak. They're shooting the ball really well. Let's open up that retractable roof. Let's get some January wind in Breslin Center, a smooth 15 miles an hour, let's call it, just to blow some shots haywire. MSU shoots, we'll call it, 3 of 21 from 3 that day, and then he gets to get back in the lab and just ream his team out that they are too reliant on their fancy pants shooting, and they need some toughness back in this program. So, yeah, I really do think that Breslin Center could benefit from a retractable roof just to get that calculated January-February loss that Izzo can go back to the locker room and start screaming at his team about how they're fat and sassy. So, yeah, well, if we ever get Tom Izzo on this show, 
God, I really hope we do one day. Uh, I, we'll, we'll try to run that by him. We'll try to run that by him. Retractable roof on Bruslin Center. Gavin writes in, Mel Tucker won't take this program to the next step unless he takes the D'Antonio approach to recruiting. Higher-rated recruits are needed and necessary, but focusing on the development of lower-rated recruits when the higher-rated recruits aren't, obta- or, or, sorry, aren't obtainable is also needed I think we're going to see that a lot this coming cycle as well. I think that there was a lot of lessons learned last cycle with having every single five-star that could get on a plane to Lansing to sign up for a Ferrari photo shoot and then not even having MSU in their final three. I think there are some lessons there. And, well, whether it's out of uh, necessity or that this is the route they want to go, they are going to have to start coaching up these three stars as well. And um, this is kind of on the point of that, the athletic just did a great piece. Uh, I believe it was Ari Wasserman uh, headed up this piece. They did 40 hours of research on this. Um, it was what schools make the most five stars draftable, four stars draftable, and three stars draftable. And Michigan State, I hate to say it, but they broke it down to the four stars. And MSU is in the bottom three of turning four stars into NFL draft guys. They've had 50 two four stars Uh, i believe that's over the span of 10 years for this little exercise and only five of those were drafted as well um so yeah it's it's not always all about the four stars here uh you do need to coach up your three stars sarge writes snifi cafeteria is just like every other cafeteria on campus and isn't special like everyone makes it out to be 100 and thousand million percent agree with that i went to snifi once when i was a student there Went to go see what all the hype was about, and I, I just did not understand it. Like, yeah, it's in a building that looks like it's uh, out of Hogwarts. That's pretty cool, but uh, no, it's just like it's it's every other cafeteria that's on campus, except like this one had some special ice cream that everyone acted like was better than all the rest of the ice cream around campus. Anyway, yeah, no, so Snifi, not a needle mover for me. Not really centrally located on campus at all, so no, can't do it. Maxwell writes in, no one actually knows where DeMartin Stadium is. I don't even know how to argue that take. Um, ah, okay. Um, hmm. Maxwell, you got me there. Maxwell, you got me there. Um, shoot. Uh, Graylish's Cavs, right. Michigan basketball spends a total of a month in the number one spot. Uh, okay, to argue this, I'm going to preface it with saying that I do think that Hunter Dickinson does come back to Michigan. And this isn't based on any inside information or anything. I'm not catching a message board rumor. Like, this is how I'm reading the situation. Um, He hasn't committed anywhere just yet. Yes, he is rumored to go visit, what was it, Maryland, Georgetown, Kansas is going to get a visit. But, like, at the end of the day, like, Dickinson got what he wanted. I mean, this is a man that loves attention, loves having people talk about him. He got that by entering the transfer portal, grabbing the headlines, being the talk of the town, and also getting his ego massively stroked by letting everyone tell him how good he is and how much he is wanted. And in the midst of all that, Michigan gets uh, a coveted point guard transfer in Caleb Love, where if you ask Michigan fans, they just got the second coming of uh, Cassius Winston on campus. And if you ask everyone else, they got a guy that... It's just fine. It's okay. But still, that might be enough to lure Hunter Dickinson back. If that happens, as much as we like to joke about Michigan and as much uh, fun as it was to see them in the NIT last year, they still will be a solid team. Uh, Definitely one with a lot of experience and experience plays in college basketball. So, yeah, you you, you might need a lot of uh, pandemics to reach a few other college campuses for Michigan to climb all the way up to number one. But there is a good chance that they can be a fine team next year. And I think that Dickinson 
does come back. I mean, why not just go back to the place that I've been the last three years and do my third, you know, last year at Michigan? Why not? And last but not least, Captain Curtis says, Stephen Izzo is related to Tom Izzo. They look identical. Now, if anyone's confused about that, Stephen Izzo is the adopted son of Tom Izzo. So I think he's saying um, that there is a blood relation to Tom Izzo. But, like, yeah, they, they absolutely do look alike. Um, same in stature. You know, they're both on the shorter side of things. And, I'm not one to throw stones in a glass house. I mean, I'd probably fit right up to them if we were lining up for a police report at a smooth 5'8 or 5'9. But the only difference here uh, between the two is that Steven Izzo smiles way too much, right? Like, he's always way too happy. <laughs> Whether he's on the bench or, you know, you, you catch him out uh, in public, for example. Guy, guy seems happy, whereas, uh, you know, his dad, Tom Izzo. Not not always entirely happy, but yeah, I mean they they really do look like each other. And that's why it surprises so many people too, probably when you know all the broadcaster says, uh, "Oh, the adopted son of Tom Izzo." It's like, wait, what? What did I hear that right? So yeah, I mean, great great uh, family, and um, that's something that Izzo also talked about as well earlier in the season as well. It's just you know how beautiful of a day it was, and that the adoption day within six seconds, I believe he said, you know what, just felt like when he. Had uh, Raquel, his older daughter, as well. So, yeah, been in the family forever since 2000. Since 2000. So, yeah, been living together that long. You know what? You might just start looking like the people around you. How about that? So, that is going to take us home for Make Your Take. Hope that went well. Uh, we'll give that another try later this offseason. Uh, you know, should you guys like it, let me know. Uh, LockonSpartans at gmail.com. And as always, you guys are the best. Enjoy the rest of your day. Love you all. Go Green.